Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to thank and pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Hello everyone and welcome to Bouncing Back, the Personal Resilience Science Insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. Let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Today, we're going to be talking about relationship trauma. Can I rebuild myself again? With coach Rihanna Milne. So she was featured in the March 14th, 2023 Influence Daily, selected as one of the top coaches to follow in 2022 by Wealth Insider Magazine, and was also featured in Forbes Magazine and Business Success Magazine in 2023. She's a certified global life, love, trauma, recovery, and mindset coach, advanced certification, clinical trauma, and addictions professional, and number one best-selling author, the host of her podcast, which is called Lessons in Life and Love, an educational speaker and licensed mental health counselor for over 23 years, living in Palm Beach County, Florida. Hi, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. So um, today we're going to be talking about um, relationship trauma. But first of all, because the show is about resilience, um, can you tell us why resilience is important in our lives? Uh, well, it's everyone's going to be challenged. It's really what you do with those challenges and what choices you make and the ability to stay calm during the storm. So mm -hmm. that is really important to have great balance in life, to feel confident, to feel amazing despite the fact challenges are going to happen. Mm. And does it mean that you are immune to stresses and adversity? No, no one's immune to them. <laughs> As a matter of fact, in 2021, it showed that 100% of us have childhood trauma, which is my specialty area. And that's what causes issues in life, love and success in business. It can challenge you there. So it's really important. The two are definitely interrelated. So it's important to heal the childhood trauma so that you can go on and have successes in life, love, and business. And that's by using what we call the mindset for success. Mm. And um, what do you mean by relationship trauma? It's anything that makes you feel sick. So people respond in different ways. It could be high anxiety, bouts of depression. You can't sleep. You can't eat or you overeat. You have irritable bowel syndrome or stomach aches. It, it, it kind of attacks people in different ways. But toxic is you don't feel good. And mm -hmm. if you're not good on a daily basis with this partner, that is a toxic relationship. And many people stay stuck in there, don't move forward. This is what, or they break up and then their subconscious pulls them back into that. And the research shows the break up and get back together stage is an average of seven times. That's what we call RRS, Relationship Repetition Syndrome. And the conscious knows this is not good for me, but the unconscious is those childhood trauma wounds that keeps you going back to the toxic partner. So you're telling me that people break up and get back together with someone for an average of seven times per person? According to the research, yes. So this is people who have 
some of the top 10 traumas that I developed a checklist in 2012 called the Childhood Trauma Checklist. Mm -hmm. So depending what traumas they have and if they're not healed, some lead to abandonment issues and codependency and even love addiction. So anyone that has those three traits tend to break up and go back together numerous times. Okay. Can you tell yeah. us what the um, childhood trauma or, or, or what child, childhood trauma is? Um, yes, there's two different types of traumas. Most people say, well, I didn't have childhood trauma because they envision what we call big T trauma. That might be maybe having a car accident while you're young and losing a limb. That's certainly a huge trauma. That's one big incident. But childhood trauma is mostly made up of what we call little T traumas which is repetitive over and over emotional events that occur and you don't have any relief from them. And when you're a child or a young person, you're thinking with a young person's mind. So we have different ways of coping with that that then become what we call our behavioral norms. And when you take those norms into your adult love relationships, very often it sabotages the love that you really want and desire. Right. So it's really important that we heal and change those norms that do not serve us as an adult. Mm. So. so talking about the little T trauma, what kinds of things are they like if you're, you know, a parent, you know, with children, how do you avoid this from happening to your kids? Well, the, the best thing to know is what are the top 10 traumas if you can all go into them because people won't be able to really relate to did I have it or did I not have it? So understanding what they are, I have a, com a comment that says you can't change what you don't know or understand. So once you know if you've had the traumas or not, that's first part that's super important. So the first one is, you know, if you were in a home where there's any drugs or alcohol or other addictions. So the other addictions are gambling, um, sex addiction. You knew your parent was a cheater, uh, hoarding, eating gaming, TV watching, social media addiction, um, you know, spending is even an addiction. Other than drugs and alcohol, that's all that most people think when you talk addiction, but there's many others. Um, and the second one would be any emotional um, neglect, you know, any kind of neglect. The next one is verbal messaging. So did you hear the words, I love you? And did you get praise like, good job, babe, I'm proud of you? Or did you hear more verbal put downs like, you should change your outfit. You look fat in that or something like, um, you know, watching how did your parents heal an issue? Did they yell and scream at each other when they were upset or could they calmly and with love sit and discuss the problems? So this is all around verbal messaging. Okay. The next one is about, um, let's say, is there physical abuse, rape or molestation? Again, you could add a perfect family life, but that would have been a date rape incident happening you know, outside of the home. So any of those is trauma number four. Uh, then we have abandonment and there's two types of abandonment. There's fault and no fault. So a no fault abandonment would be like a parent dying early. Certainly a parent can't help that, right? So that's a no fault mm. abandonment. Or someone that goes off and serves their country in war. Or even a parent that travels quite a bit to support the family. And in their mind, they're doing the right things by, you know, making money for the family to support them. A fault abandonment would never be uh, active in your child's life or being involved when the marriage or the relationships together, once it breaks up, you rarely see that child. 
And then another one could be actually being present in the home, but emotionally detached. You're not really involved with the kids. You're not hugging and, and loving emotionally. You don't go to their kids' uh, school events. So that would be a form of false abandonment. The next one would be if you were adopted, part of um, the child care system or foster system, we call it here in the U.S., um, or needing go to go live in another person's home because your parents couldn't keep you there. Number seven is one that most people relate to. We call it personal trauma. That's when people say, yeah, I had some of that. So that could be being bullied. If you're an overweight child and you were teased for that or skinny and gawky and called a nerd, you might have been the only African-American in an all-Caucasian school coming out as a gay or lesbian teen and getting ridiculed for that. So anywhere that you might have felt different or you didn't fit in, um, you know, you might have struggled in school or been part of, you know, diagnosed with ADHD. So anything like that, that's really quite traumatic. I was a counselor in schools as well at every grade level. So I can tell you the impact those types of traumas had. The trauma aid is around the sibling. So if your sibling was perceived by you to be the golden child, the favored one, star athletes, or the handsomer, more prettier one, um, that's the golden child. Or your sibling could have been born with medical issues, so that commanded more of mom's and dad's time, or even they might have bullied you. So trauma eight is around the siblings. Trauma nine has two parts. So one part is family trauma. If your family had to move a lot, you were always the new kid in the school. Uh, this happens a lot to our military families here in the U.S. They're moving every two to four years. Um, if you grew up in a dangerous neighborhood, um, if you came from poverty and suffered that way, or one of your parents was incarcerated. So anything around trauma with the family. And then the second part of that, it used to be trauma 11, because there is more than 10 that I named, but I had to bring this into the top 10. So this is community trauma. And the, the main one there is COVID. Right, it impacted every person, every family, every community member around the world. So that is one of the biggest ones in the past two years is community trauma. That is also where mass shootings, our school shootings, and mother nature events, floods, fires, hurricanes that are wiping out communities at large. Then the last one, trauma 10, is mental health issues in mom or dad. Now, the baby boomer generation of which I'm a part of, we didn't see our parents really go to counseling. So we kind of have to guess. And the two most difficult for children to navigate is bipolar and borderline personality disorder. So borderline, just to quickly describe it, is quick um, temper or erratic moods. When they're good, they can be great. When they're bad, they're horrid. And a young child never knows what they're going to get. So that leaves them in high anxiety. And then bipolar is manic depressive. So uh, depression can show up as anger, checking out, or extreme fatigue. And the manic phase could be the high and happy phase, but it's often mixed with an addiction, like a gambling spree, a spending spree, and then that person eventually crashes and then hits a depressed mood. So those are the top 10 traumas. And the most important thing is maybe I, is identifying what you had. But also remember that it is proven through research that childhood trauma goes through at least three generations. So if you have it, certainly mom and dad has it, certainly their parents have it. It is also proven to change the DNA expression. So the offspring from the Holocaust, for example, their DNA has you know, changed to be a more anxious 
type, right? Because of the survivors in the, in the camps were highly anxious. So it's really important that childhood trauma is healed. It actually impacts seven different life areas on top of what I just described. So it's an incredibly complex um, situation. You know, I feel like, as you said before, you said 100% of children experience um, childhood trauma. Um, yes. Wow, that's, yeah, I had never, I never knew that. I thought that, um, well, I kind of hoped, I guess, it was less than 50%. <laughs> no, it's 100%. That came out in 2021. Wow, um, yeah. And think of the young people going through COVID and, not being able to go out and play and afraid of people and are they going to make me sick or if mom and dad goes off to work, are they going to get sick and die? I mean, this is the thoughts of the little person, you know, so the, our young people have gone through quite a lot in these past few years. And how does trauma change our approach to our relationships? Well, again, when you're bringing in the norms of uh, what you grew up with. So if you grew up with parents yelling, you know, uh, to settle an argument, you are prone to either yell at your partner, or if you try to speak up and defend yourself or defend your mother, for example, if dad was yelling at her, you might have gotten slapped or sent to your room or grounded for two months. <laughs> you made it worse. So then you're you learned if I'm upset, I shut down. I don't talk. So these are the people that tend to be passive or passive aggressive. They're angry and their anger may come out in other dysfunctional ways, but they're not going to talk back. So if you have a partner saying, well, just tell me how you're feeling. And they have all this anxiety inside from past trauma that was never healed. That's not easy for them to do. Right. So we have mm. to heal the original traumas. But other ways this shows up, like if your partner is jealous and controlling, that comes from trauma number seven, not feeling good enough, and the verbal messaging of the put downs. Oh, we're not sending you to college. You're not smart enough. Or, you know, anything that you remember, and most kids remember what those put downs were, making you feel not worthy or not good enough. So that can lend to jealousy and control. Uh, one that a lot of women do is called people pleasing. So if you had a difficult parent, you know, you would always try to be the good little girl or, if I get really good grades in school, they won't be mad at me or maybe they won't fight, you know, so you're always super trying to please. And then later I see women like that who say, I totally lost myself in my relationship. I don't know who I am. I lost all my dreams, my goals. All I did was try to you know, please my husband and the kids. And, you know, then they're divorced and they, they're scared to get back out there, you know, so we have to rebuild the confidence and the sense of self first before they try to get out there and date. We have to heal all those wounds from both childhood. And then that's what I call love trauma. You know, if mm. there's emotional or verbal abuse in a relationship, that's love trauma. Mm. There's other ways it shows up like imposter syndrome or perfectionism, which a lot of men will have. Blaming behavior, like blaming your partner, not being able to take responsibility. And I also analyze like the severity level of what traumas they have. So if they have more like nine or 10 traumas, eight, nine or 10, and the severity levels are very high, very often this goes into narcissism and sociopathy. So sociopaths, really? yeah, sociopaths are people that use another for pleasure, profit or lifestyle advancement. So it can get very, very um, intense. 
And that's why really anyone treating trauma should have a higher credential of CCTP, Certified Clinical Trauma Professional, because this is a mental health issue. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I trauma, so I'll be a trauma coach. No, it doesn't work like that. It is a very <laughs> intricate um, situation. You're you're dealing with a lot of, you know, mental health and fear-based, you know, um, thought processes that we have to change over time. Mm. I can imagine yeah. it can be very difficult for your patients to to process that and to, I guess, come to terms with what's happened to them. Well, they come to me because they know they want a better life. My slogan is create the life you desire and have the love you deserve. And that's what they really want. That's what they're really ready for. So, you know, I usually work with most people one-on-one -on -one or very small groups so that I really understand what their past trauma was. And I have a workbook that's 150 pages from my research. So what they write in the answers to that workbook will tell me what I need to teach them. So my coaching is very much like a team, even though I'm also a licensed mental health counselor, the coaching part is very educational. So there's a lot of skills in my toolbox that I have to teach them so they can heal and we have to break those subconscious patterns and then teach them a better way. And the more practice they do with that over time, then the old norms are no longer there. And the most important thing we, we teach is living in full conscious awareness. So they are choosing what to say, what to think, what to do ahead of time versus going off the subconscious normal reactions. Can you um, sort of explain or describe um, one of the things that you teach people? So maybe give an example of, um, you know, something, a trauma, how it's affected someone and also how you would deal with that. Well, it really depends on the combination of traumas and the severity level. So everybody comes to me as a different puzzle right? Um, but in general, I do treat holistically mind, body, and spirit. There's a lot of spirituality that must be taught in this course because you need faith to heal. Um, everybody here also does meditation. I call it divine spiritual meditation. Uh, that's 15 minutes a day, and there's a four-step process that they all do. I also do vitamin therapy. So none of my people uh, are on psychotropic medications, or if they come to me and they're on them, they want to be off of them. So we wean them off and then we do the vitamin therapy as a substitute. So there's, and diet is really important. I have to analyze what their diet is and get them off the chemicals in the food, um, exercise. So it's a real holistic plan. A lot of people come to me, they also wanna lose weight and they're just stuck and they can't lose the weight. And it's amazing. I've had people lose 30 pounds, 50 pounds in six weeks or six months of working with me. And, you know, it's part mindset, you know, the belief system that you can and getting old, out again of the old patterns and then adopting this new healthier, which we call the God diet, eat what God provided in this earth, you know, so what did he provide? Fruits, nuts, berries, fish from the ocean, not farmed fish, you know, um, really sticking to a very clean diet. He didn't put pack foods in packages and say, here you go. You know, so we are really looking at the holistic self, that whole person in front of me um, so that I can see what they're struggling with the most. And we work on what they like to do to create differently in their life. That's also goal setting. We do a lot of goal setting. That's module two. Like, what is it they desire? Then we break that down into different steps and work on that this whole time that they're with me healing the other things. And then 
part two is learning to have emotionally healthy, evolved and conscious relationships. So evolved means being your highest and your best self. So once you have the mindset and the trauma healed, the mindset down, you're more positive, you're confident and consciously aware. Now you get all the dating skills that nobody taught you. It's based in research. And um, you, we have like 24 questions that you would ask on date one or two. And you mm -hmm. pretty much know exactly what you're looking for. Um, we do know that other people have childhood trauma, but what have they done to help that? And what is the severity level? And when I work with couples, you know, I have to look at partner A and then partner B's trauma and teach them to have empathy and new communication skills to work around and understand each other's trauma versus taking it as a blame. He's mad at me again. You know, a lot of people take it personally. And maybe he was just triggered because his boss was mad at him and it reminded him of his father who told him he can never do anything right. So he comes home in a bad mood and she thinks, oh, he's mad at me again, right? So there's all this new communication skills with the understanding of what each person's trauma was. And that's something that, you know, most people don't really teach. So it's a really important part of the process. So there's mm. many, many things that I do. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot there. Um, so you said that you have uh, sort of 24 questions that you ask um uh, that you're supposed to ask on a first date. And you said that you have uh, to ask someone. Second. Sorry? First or second, or it could come out on a third date. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was like, that's a lot of questions to ask on and a first date. An interview. It's not like an interview at all. Okay. It's things in a discussion. I'll give mm -hmm. you an example. Yeah, uh, go ahead. If it's someone my age and they're single and they're out there dating, they might ask, so is your mom and dad still living? Are they in this area? It's a common question. Right. Yep. So I this is an exact scenario that happened with one of my ladies. And she said, at first, he seemed great. You know, he pulled the chair out for me. We ordered drinks. He asked me if I wanted some food. So they were just supposed to be for drinks. So she just started a conversation. So she asked that. And he said, well, you know, my dad died. She goes, oh, that's a shame. He goes, yeah, um, he was a good guy. He goes, but when I was growing up, he was a severe alcoholic. Okay. Boom, trauma one. Well, she would say, oh, that's, you know, that's a shame. Did was he ever able to, you know, go sober and, and heal that for himself? He goes, Yeah, he finally did when I was 13. And he really made amends. He really made it up to me. We go on camping trips and fishing. And, you know, he was a really good guy. And she said, Well, that's great. And, you know, and as he goes, But my mom, she's still an alcoholic. She's in the um uh a dementia center. And I'm stuck with taking care of her. So there was a lot of anger still around the mother. And usually if there's anger around the mother, there's usually anger around the woman, you know, or lack of respect for the woman that might come out. And this is what we, it's not an official term. We just call it a mother hater. You know, if he hates his mom, that could be a warning sign. So um, after the conversation, you know, he was very angry about his mother's situation. There's a couple other things she wasn't thrilled about hearing. And that was date one. And she thought about it and she goes, you know, I'm just not that comfortable. I'm not going to move forward. So he calls the next day. She goes, you know, giving it much thought, I, you know, you're a lovely person. I just don't think we're quite a match. And he started yelling at her. Mm. Well, what's the matter with you? What did you think, you know, went wrong? What do you expect? Perfectionism? You know, and here it was. And 
She goes, well, listen, I don't get into that kind of conversation. I wish you the very best. And she hung up on him, blocked his number. So, you know, they're empowered to know what to do and when. They don't take it personally. Like some women that don't have this training, if someone ghosts them, it's like, oh, what's the matter with me? No one likes me. You know, they get into that self-pity or I'm not good enough. And that's all childhood trauma stuff. So my clients understand all of the bad ghosts, the things that could come up, the ghosting, the breadcrumbing, the flying monkeys, all these things in dating world that could come up, you know, and what to watch mm. out for. And yet they're very, what we call active and conscious dating. So they are dating and answering questions that they know. They are also pulling information and analyzing on a couple of dates. Is this person for me or not? And why? So it's really important you know that and you're not just going on chemistry because the facts about chemistry, everybody needs to hear this, is that it takes you to your past because um, the hippocampus in the brain really likes to be normal. So it, even if your past was bad, it doesn't know if it's good or bad. It just likes what it knows. So chemistry is what's flying around in the head. Yeah, this feels normal. I like this. So, you know, you have to be really careful that you're not falling in love just by chemistry alone. You have to be very consciously aware and bring a whole lot more um, knowledge into the dating situation. Yeah. Um, so you said that 100% of people or children have childhood trauma. So what do you, so, you know, if you're asking all these questions, um, surely they're going to unearth some of the trauma. Um, what are you looking for? Are you looking for someone who has healed and has dealt with the trauma? Ideally, yeah. Mm -hmm. They're consciously aware. They're making conscious choices. They're not impulsive. You see good mood management. There's no addictions. So we actually have a list of 36 red flags that we are looking for in a dating situation. Um, if a couple comes to me, I look at how many red flags are existing. We have to face all of them and discuss them and change them. And some are there for a reason. You know, somebody might shut down and not want to speak because their other partner's yelling at them. Well, you know, that's a sign to me that I have to teach them a better way to communicate. So I use all these many different tools to discover the, the root of the issues, heal them, and then teach them a better way. And say you're in a relationship. Um, what sort of signs should you be looking for to say that the relationship isn't working, that there is um, relationship trauma? Well, you usually know when there's trauma because, again, you just don't feel good or you're uh -huh. fighting, okay. you're fixing up. So I could tell you what are some of the top five things of a good relationship. That's from my book, Love Beyond Your Dreams, Break Free yeah. of Relationships to Have the Love You Deserve. So this is from page 294. Um, and there's five F's to start with. The first one is a solid foundation. So you have the ability to trust and be trusted. You're a person with good values and morals, and so is that date in front of you. You're both confident in where you are in life. You love your life. This is what we call being successful, single first. And we actually have a free quiz that says, you know, do you have these top 10 things? One to 10, rate yourself, and you should be an eight or higher. So we work on those 10 issues to make sure you feel great about yourself before even going out to date. So both people have a solid foundation. You're flexible. So that means you're open-minded. You allow the other person their opinion and point of view. So if they vote for President A and you vote for President B, 
so be it. You know, I mean, you should be allowing that person to make their own choices. You're both emotionally open. Um, fidelity is the third F. So there's honesty and loyalty and integrity. And integrity means doing the right things when nobody is looking. So you have that fidelity in the relationship. The F fourth F is friendship. You should be best friends, buddies, pals. You should be joking and hanging out and really loving each other's company. So people that are quick to jump to intimacy are missing this part of the, the solid friendship that's really, really important because that's the part that helps you get through the tough times, right? So whether it's an outdoor challenge of out of the relationship, like a COVID situation, so a lot of couples breaking up then, or, you know, something else, somebody loses their job, where you're going to work as team, as, as friends to get through something like that. The last F is fun. Like, are you having fun together? Do you have enough in common? If one loves skiing, the other one hates snow skiing because they hate snow, well, that's not going to work out very well. So you want to share the same things in common. It's funny, I just did a podcast with five men and from the singles cruise because I'm, I'm sponsoring a lot of singles cruises around the world. And the, it was about what do men want? They say, well, I don't want to give up my friends to have love. I don't think it should be one or the other. They want that lady to fit into their peer group. You know, so I thought that was really an important part. You know, that was fun for him. Why should he feel he has to give up everything? You know, why can't she be a part of that process? Of course, intimacy should be on an ongoing basis, um, physical touch and loving words, you know, throughout the day, you know, not just ignore each other, then let's have sex. You know, that's very uncomfortable for most people. Mm. The ability to compromise is important both balanced individuals. And the number one thing that keeps people together the most, believe it or not, according to my research, is having a sense of spirituality, not religion where you have to go to services at a certain time on Saturday or Sunday, but this 24 seven belief system of spirituality where you wanna do the best for yourself and the other person. You know, so you're always making choices, which is this conscious awareness you know, it's as good for them and myself as well, you know, good for the team. So the spirituality is a very important part of a great relationship. Interesting. I'd never heard of um, spirituality kind of described like that, but that sounds really, I guess, um, overarching in a sense that it, it feels like achievable, achievable for anyone. Um, yeah, spirituality yeah. is it's the sense yeah. of being a certain way 24-7. You know, it's not about a religious service per se. It's about who you are in your heart, your mind. How do you treat the world, you know, other people, strangers, and your partner, you know, with loving kindness. That's a spiritual approach to relationships. So I guess, so you were saying that um, you have to have at least eight of those? Um, no, or not, ideally. All of them? Oh, have yeah. all of them. Okay. The other list is called the, um, are you really ready for a relationship? And that's where a single person, and that's free on my website. They can get that test right off my website, rihannamilton.com. So it's just a test. Am I, you know, where I need to be in these top 10 areas to be a successful single first? And then when you are and you're ready, and as a coach, I help them get ready to that, but then they're going out with a lot of confidence that it's a very empowered way to date. And when they have their life together, they're not going to settle for someone who does not. 
you know, when there's no cheap drama in your life, you don't want someone that has a lot of it. You know, you want someone else that's very balanced and loves their life, right? So that is uh, the goals that they go out and date with. Um, and so what about um, self-sabotaging behaviors? Say you haven't, you know, you haven't processed what's happened to you. You haven't built yourself up um, and you're going into relationships. Um, what are some self-sabotaging behaviors that um, we should be aware of? Uh, well, so when it cheats, okay, a, a cheater is, is, you know, that's from childhood trauma. So if their primary relationship isn't working, they should have what we call empowered conversation with someone, hun, this isn't working out. I'm feeling neglected or I'm feeling a certain way. And, you know, I'm starting to feel like this isn't going to work unless we do something about it. So, you know, that is a loving conversation versus, oh, he's ignoring me. I'm going to go cheat because this guy's giving me attention. Right? So we have to heal that is, again, a normalized behavior, seeking attention because you didn't get the attention you wanted from mom or dad. Not your fault as a child. Childhood trauma is never our fault, right? I want to make that really clear. And it's not at this point about blaming our mom and dad either. We have something called rewriting the story because we have to understand their traumas and then their spiritual forgiveness around yourself and the family and your mom and dad you don't have the spiritual forgiveness, you're still going to have the anger you're taking into the relationship. So it just comes out in many different ways. And usually people come to me and either they're stuck, they're afraid to date. I've had people say, I haven't dated in 10 years. I had a woman just graduate from group. She hasn't had a boyfriend before group was over. She was, Rihanna, I'm shocked how well this works. And this was a fellow therapist. She was, I haven't had a date in 10 years and I'm doing really well in this relationship. And I'm feeling really confident and aware and monitoring every step of it and yet really, really enjoying myself because I have the confidence I know what I'm doing. So to be empowered in dating is really important. I hear a lot of people, coaches teaching, be vulnerable, be vulnerable. I'm like, no, 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 that's the wrong thing. Don't be vulnerable. Be empowered enough to share your feelings. You know, you don't have to drag up all your past, especially initially when you're getting to know someone. But you can later say, you know, hun, because I experienced this as a child, I tend to need, you know, loving touch for you to say goodnight, you know, just so I know that we're ending every day on a loving note. You know, I mean, you can explain it in a very powerful way, not a vulnerable way. You know, if mm. you look up the vulnerable, if you ask Alexa, I hope I turned her off, but she says, you know, um, being uh, accessible to being wounded, you know, um, and hurt. So, you know, you were not looking for that. We're looking to be empowered. And I'll tell you, it's very attractive to the opposite sex. Men love a woman that's able to communicate, who is confident and happy in her life. You know, you don't need to be vulnerable. And I guess in some ways, as you were saying, vulnerability in some ways does come, you know, once you're confident that someone is going to, if you trust someone, um, right. you can sort of open yourself up to them, as you were saying. Um, yes, all a different. Yeah. We look at it a total different way. We call it empowered communication, that you can talk about anything in a very loving, kind way. And it's amazing how well men respond to that. It's not like I'm crying and, and it's, you know, all upset and they're like, oh my gosh, like, how do I 
treat that, then they feel sorry for you. That's not what you really want. You're trying to explain, yes, this did happen to me, but, you know, I have forgiven my mother around that or my father and learned, you know, because they came from that. And now I'm an adult and I have the ability to look at things differently with loving kindness and, and a spiritual forgiveness that it just, just that I want you to know instead that sometimes I need this versus that, you know, so that's an empowered way to explain your needs, your wants, yeah. needs, desires, right? So that's a whole different way of communicating that most of us have not been taught. Yeah, I feel like um, I've started doing that a little bit with my partner. Um, I think, you know, we've still got our, our issues, um, but um, it's sort of nice for me to know that um, some of what we're doing is right. Um, yeah. Look, so always be issues, right? So, mm. and that's okay. There will always yeah. be issues, but the number one thing most important is how can we work this out as a team? Let me know your feelings on it. Here's my feelings on it. How can we have a win-win for each other? Yeah. And what about, what is the role of uh, personal resilience in coping with um, the relationship trauma? Well, resilience is getting through tough times, right? So yeah, this whole system is teaching resilience, self-esteem, confidence, full conscious awareness of your choices, actions, words, deeds, even your texts. You look, is this what I really want to send? You know, you think before you do. Um, and when you have that sense of confidence, you also have a very confident, resilient life. You know, things will happen. I mean, in the past 24 hours, my main computer broke down. There's a flood, a lot of rain here in Florida, and it came through my roof. I come out to like three inches of water in my garage this morning. And I had a car hit me last week in, that, in another town, Delray Beach, that I had to take it to the collision center and line up a rental car. So like five things out of my normal routine. And yet I better look pretty good for an interview tonight at 6 p.m. So it's like, you know, okay, what can I do? And that's our whole mindset. We don't have time to be a victim or freak out. It's like step by step, what can I do? And it all came together, you know, so... It was, I even wrote you, it's like, okay, I'm on a different computer. I hope this all works out, but I'll be there, you know? And it's just a sense of confidence that we work with what we can. If we can't, if it can't get done, we just reschedule, we figure it out. But there's no time for that victim mentality or why me, we just don't go there. We call that the dark side, living on the dark side. And that's where anxiety, depression, um, feeling stuck or needing attention, acting outside of the relationship, you know, doing unhonorable things, that's all on the dark side. And when you live in the light, it's just a really peaceful, loving, confident place to be. And people feel that energy, they love that energy. And there's a there's something to be said about the law of attraction in dating. If they love your energy when you walk in the room, people wanna know you, you know? So it's it's really important that you have that feeling in your heart, mind, and soul when you're out there dating, looking for a partner. Definitely. Um, so we do have some questions from the audience, um, okay. if, if you're ready to move on. Sure. Um, so our first question is, um, how, uh, how do I set uh, social media boundaries to make sure I don't re-traumatize myself? Uh, um, you always have a choice to be on social media or not. That's number one. 
we're strong on choices and boundaries too. What are you posting? Right. Um, there will always be people in our world that love us and those that aren't so kind. So, you know, if it's you're posting something and you're getting a lot of unkind type of comments, um, look at what you're posting and maybe change that up. You know, if uh, I don't know what the career is, I know some careers you have to have social media presence, like being a coach, I have to have social media presence. But honestly, I'm not on there a lot. You know, I've, I'm living life more than sitting on my computer or scrolling on my phone. I'm just not into machines that much. So I post to educate. So if you're a coach, post to educate. You know, if you're a social influencer, you know, is it around a good cause? You know, if if you don't have that, find one that resonates with your heart. So ask yourself, what is the information you're putting out there? That's good advice. Um, so our second question is, um, how do I feel like a normal functioning person again? Oh, let me give you a big virtual hug on that one. You know, we all go through tough times and I want you to know there is definitely healing. Okay. And if you're experiencing a tough time now as an adult, I can guarantee you it's from some unhealed childhood trauma wound that is still going on within you. So we have to get to the root of the issue. And that's how I start out with people right away. I, I do what's called a discovery session with five assessments. And one is going through the childhood trauma checklist that you can find free on my website. So I see what traumas you have and then what I, certain questions I ask, I can assess the severity. And then once we know it and understand what's happening, now we can change it. So I wanna fill you today with a lot of hope and love that absolutely you can get to the other side of the rainbow that's what we call it, the healing rainbow, because I was there too, like, what am I doing wrong that I'm getting toxic partners? I don't get it. I'm a good lady. I'm a great mom. You know, I work hard in business, you know. And when I went for my triple master's in psychology, we didn't learn about childhood trauma. We never heard the term. We never learned about love trauma. Why do I get into a love trauma? How did I attract that? I need to know that. So there was no one that could help me. That led to my research. So the good thing is when I was learning, that's when I wrote Love Beyond Your Dreams and going up this huge learning curve. And then I'm like, gosh, I'm up to 400 pages. Got to write a notebook. So step by step, you're learning the skills to change and be different and more empowered, confident, raise your self-esteem and knowledge. Knowledge is power. So there's a lot to teach. There's a lot to learn. But on the other side of that rainbow is a pot of gold and you feel amazing. And people always say, oh my God, I can't believe I was here when now I'm here and I feel so great about myself and my life. So just know there definitely is healing. Just take the first step. Don't stay stuck in that fear or feeling lousy, you know, knowing that there's a real solution out there. That's, that's, yeah, that's really lovely. Um, and um, our last question for the audience questions is, um, what can our friends um, say to help us to keep going and to keep getting better? A real friend would say, you know, I, I'm always here for you, but I suggest you get help. And if you're listening to this and now you're understanding childhood trauma wounds, it's good to tell your friend, look, there's help out there for this. I think what's happening with you going back to this, let's say, for example, this toxic boyfriend over and over and over again is because there's something from childhood trauma that's not healed. You can send them to my podcast. You could send them to a book. 
You could send them to do a discovery session. The most important thing is send them for help. And I, you know, I have good friends too. I listen to their stories. I know I'm a coach and a counselor, but we're there for our friends. I get it. I'm also a woman, right? So we're there for our friends and that's a good thing to do. But honestly, if I can't help someone, I'm going to suggest I go to someone else, you know, try this or go to that, you know. Um, someone just told me about an older friend of hers, like being diagnosed with de dementia and they had brain scans. And I'm like, oh my God, go to the Amen Clinic. You know, Dr. Daniel Amen's one of the top brain doctors. So, you know, if I know someone uh, that could help them, I'm going to refer them to go there and get some help. So that's what I would suggest, how you be a good friend and help them, you know, get them some information, send them to a site that could help them out. Again, as you said, knowledge and yeah, uh, sending someone to someone who knows things. Um, yes. Was there anything that we've missed that you wanted to talk about? Uh, just, I want to encourage everyone, you know, if you're feeling stuck or living a fear-based life, uh, remember childhood trauma impacts you in seven different areas. I can just briefly tell you, you know, in mental health, physical health, it can give you like irritable bowel, migraines, sleep disorders, emotions, you know, high anxiety, bouts of depression, uh, overall sadness or hopelessness, relationship attachment issues, um, serial relationships or sabotaging relationships, behavior like, you know, addictions, drinking too much. Um, acting out, social withdrawal, you know, staying at home alone because you're afraid to date. So anything that's fear-based, just know that that's keeping you stuck, really living a life of joy, you know, and this is what we aim for, like living in joy because our life is, is so limited, our time here. So I just really want to encourage you, you know, create that life you desire and have the love that you deserve. You deserve it. Thank you for that. Um... I'm going to think about that. I think that is, it's very powerful to say, um, yeah, that we deserve joy and we deserve to be happy. And um, yeah. you've got to take charge of that. Um, so if- It's hard, especially today. And I don't know, I don't care what country you work, you live in. I work with people around the world. Every country seems to be going through massive, you know, upheaval, just, you know, economy, COVID. It's like one thing after another. So what can we control? Our personal way we look at things and our personal happiness. We can control that with our mindset. So when you get a stronger mindset, mindset of success, we call it, and create your happiness, even if that's within yourself and your small circle or your family or with your friends or your partner, you know, your world can still be lovely, even though there's like chaos on the outside. Mm -hmm. We can't change the world, but we can change what's around us. Correct. Yes. So if people want to find out more about you, um, where can they find you? The best place to start is my website. It's my name, rihannamilne.com. And on there is the five free love tests. I told you a couple of them today. Um, you can also get the discovery session, life and love transformation discovery session. So that's super special right now. You can get the first 60 pages of live and love beyond your dream books free. Uh, tons of blog articles. And then my podcast is called Lessons in Life and Love with Coach Rihanna Milne. It's on every podcast platform. And my YouTube channel, I think has like over 250 videos now. So there's a lot of free resources to get yourself started and reach out and meet with me individually for that discovery session.
Yeah, thank you for that. And um, those uh, links will be in our um, show notes so people can find them easily, so they can find you easily. Thank you so much for joining me today. It was um, really, really great to uh, talk to you and learn lots more about this topic. Thank you. I also want to give them two free eBooks. So look for a link in the show notes that you guys can download that. What is emotionally healthy love? And then what is this, the list of toxic love traits? So that shouldn't be helpful too for you guys. Yes, I think that will be. Thank you. You have been listening to Bouncing Back, the personal resilience science insights podcast produced by the Life Management Science Labs. Listen to episodes from LMSL's 10 Life Management Perspectives on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or other podcasting apps on your smartphone. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating our show, sharing it, and subscribing to our channel as it helps others find us and us grow to bring you more quality resources. More of our work can be found on our website at pr.lmsl.net where you can join our movement. I'm Tia Hama. Thanks for tuning in.